0: You're listening to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast, powered by the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce and regional leaders like AIS. We're on it.
1: Why should your business be a member of the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce? It's actually quite simple. The chamber is dedicated to protecting and promoting the local business community. Our primary goals... To advance the region, help business owners network and grow, and to advocate on behalf of the business community. Joining the chamber makes good business sense.
0: We invite you to join the nationally recognized North Central Massachusetts Chamber today. Call 978-353-7600 or visit northcentralmass.com. Hello and welcome to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast. Travis Condon here along with Kat Deal from the North Central Massachusetts Chamber as we continue our On the Road series. We're out at Gallery Sitka at Two Shaker Road, that's Phoenix Park in Shirley. Kat, who is our guest today?
1: Well, we're really lucky because we are at Gallery Sitka with Tamar Russell-Brown today. And Tamar, thank you so much for letting us pee in your studio today.
2: Thanks for coming. It's It's really nice to to be be surrounded
1: by art um, and uh, just having the visual and, um, you know, Seeing all that is done in the studio, and it's uh, it's really nice to be out here in Shirley today.
0: Absolutely. So, Tamar, tell us a little bit about Gallery Sitka and how it came to be, and a little bit about your background.
2: Okay. Well, how it came to be is the fun, like a fun story. So, um, I came to North Central Mass in probably 2012 winter, mm-hmm. and by 2013, I wanted to like have my own design studio here locally. So, I started meeting all the designers I could find and going to breakfast with them. And eventually I met one named Nicole Murphy and she's in NM Designs and she had a space here in the Phoenix Park Mill. So we joined forces and we were together for, you know, a short period of time. She took this space that we're in right now, which was larger. And then she decided to move her office out of the space. So I ended up here by myself and I thought, what am I going to do? I've got all this space. What yeah. am I going to do? So I always wanted to have an art gallery. So I thought, well, you know what? I think I will start an art gallery. In the space. And so I went to the Chamber of Commerce, the Connect North Central morning meeting, which I think might have been something different at that time. But anyway, I went there and I said, I'd like to meet some local artists. And Donna, who was from Curves in Leominster, she was like, I know somebody. And it was a woman named Colette Schumat Smith. Yeah. And um, so I was introduced to her. And then the floodgates opened and I met all these artists and we started doing rotating shows here in the gallery here in Shirley. And then in 2016, we took a space on Main Street, and then things kind of exploded a little bit. And now we're back home here in Shirley.
1: But what's your background, Tamar? Because I don't think people know what, you know, It's it, running a gallery and running, you know, working with other artists is one thing. But um, you have a very long history in the field as, it, as well.
2: Well, my dad's a letterpress printer and a bookbinder. And I have a letterpress behind you, Kat, um, which I got through my dad from a man in Pennsylvania. We drove down there and got it a couple of years ago a number of years ago now. Um, so I grew up taking books apart, repairing them all summer, every summer, running the press, printing books of my own for different people f- through my dad's business. Wow! Um, and so for me, a natural course was to go into graphic design.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then that took me to Nashville State Tech in Tennessee, in Nashville, and then eventually Rhode Island College in Providence, And um, then I started working in the field. So I've been in the graphic design field for 20 years. Yeah. And um, the gallery was like, you know, my pet project, my passion project. Because as a kid, I said, I want to be a painter. And dad said, no way. Go figure something out. Find a trade. So it was interesting to find something that fit with the whole creative world since I wasn't allowed to be a painter. (laughs)
1: So you just said 20 years, and I was at your celebration. You just had your 20th anniversary. What's it like to sustain something for 20 years?
2: Lots of work. Yeah. And lots of late nights. <laughs> and thanks to Lauren Howe for that party. She really helped pull that off, which was really nice. Um, I'm hoping to do a couple more parties this year. We'll see in other places. But um, yeah, a lot of work. So I started um, in Maine after Rhode Island College, and I worked my way through college as well. Um, actually, I worked my way, yeah, the whole time. I've always worked. If I could find a job in the field, even part-time, I would. And so my first official job was in Maine at a mid-coast newspaper company, and I was in editorial production, it's called. So we would lay out the paper digitally online. um, Even back then, digitally. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, even back then. Um, Although my first semester of college was the old way, Yeah. and within the first year, they switched us to Mac's. So I do come from the old school a little bit. So, um, yes, I was in Maine. That was my first official job. And then I kind of bounced around New England and New York. And when I was in Maine, I had a college landlord from Rhode Island who looked me up. And he was a, a GM of a company in Jersey. And he had a very expensive ad agency in New York that was working for them, marketing them. And he looked me up and he says, can I hire you and outsource all of our marketing to you? And I was like, uh, sure, Bob. And he's like, I'll train you. I'll get you going. And he set the rate and he basically told me what to do. And I had my skill set and then basically learned through him. Wow. So that's when Sitka was born.
1: That's amazing. It always takes just that one connection that once one person that, you know, that can change everything. And I love the fact that you were, you know, this was someone that had known you before and just said, I I know you can do this and, and gave you the shot. And here you are 20 years later and you're still doing layouts because you do our layouts. You do our print and you do our websites.
2: Yeah, we definitely do the Guide to North Central. We do the report. Um, We do the manufacturing guide, the venue guide. So thanks to the Chamber for a lot of work, a lot of print design work, which is amazing Um, because everybody thinks print is dead, but it's not actually. No. We still need it.
0: So can you tell us a little bit more about your design services? If you've seen any of those publications that you're mentioning for the Chamber, we know what you do on that front, but what else do you do for, for businesses and for other artists?
2: So we have web development is a skill set that we have here now. Mm -hmm. And um, I have an amazing young web developer who works here. And so we manage about 36 websites. And then we build, that's a good question. I don't actually know how many, probably 10 to 20 a year. And then in addition to that, we do social media. And a lot of that, we probably have about, excuse me, 12 or so people on retainer and they're small businesses. Usually these businesses don't have in-house marketing. Mm -hmm. That's when they would need someone like us. Um, With the websites, it's a lot of one-offs, Yeah, right? So they're a small business and they need a brand new website or they need a website for the first time. We're the ones that'll do it and then we may not work with them in the future. Mm -hmm. But the social media is usually when they need ongoing marketing and they don't have a team in-house that does it. So we have a lot of that work. And then, of course, the design and branding is something we do as well.
0: Nowadays, how crucial is it for businesses to invest in social media and that marketing and that and that, that graphic work?
2: So if you want things to look good, you actually have to have someone who can do it for you unless you have it, like I mentioned, in-house. Mm-hmm. And I've seen, it seems like most companies, when they get about 10 people or so, mm-hmm. um, they will have an in-house person of some type who's like the marketing department. But even when there's that person in place, often that person may not have the complete skill set to do all of the design work and the web. So in that case, sometimes they're even still outsourcing to people like us that have creative abilities.
0: And for you, what's it like as a small business to be able to help this many small businesses succeed as well?
2: Um, That's a good question. It's real honor to help the small business. I mean, certainly one of the things with that, I would hope the small businesses understand that obviously when they work with us, they're keeping us going. So it's like this sort of weird, you know, a symbiotic di- relationship. Yeah. I was going to, yeah. I was looking for the word. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So we need them and they need us. And when, uh, when they appreciate that and get that, obviously that makes our job easier. Um, I know we're a cost for a small business and a lot of small businesses have been getting grants through the chamber they get grants through new view here locally through the state the mass corp has a lot of grants as well so that kind of helps them to be able to do the things that they need to do to stay in business and we always try to educate our clients too so we use a lot of training too if we can train somebody on their team to manage the website and they only need to come to us for heavy lifting that's something that we offer because We want their business, but we understand it's a cost as well. So, um, yeah, it's a nice relationship, and we appreciate it when the customers get that, and we can all work together and appreciate each other.
1: Well, and there's also, you know, uh, I know someone that um, everyone in this room knows, and he has a very favorite saying, and that is that a rising tide lifts all boats. And the idea that you can help a small business be more successful helps you be successful. It's a real good cyclical program that you're allowing someone to come in and you're not only producing for them, you're training them because you want to empower them in some manner. And I know that some of the small businesses that you've helped, I know some of them, but you help a variety. Like there's no industry that you haven't helped that I can think of.
2: That's actually probably true. (laughs) I'm like, now that I'm thinking back, we've worked with manufacturing. We've definitely worked with all the trades. So plumbing, building, electrical, electrical we've worked with gardening. Yep. It's, yeah, it's a lot, isn't it? Services, healthcare. uh,
1: Yeah. The arts also. Yeah. 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 So it, it's, it's a wonderful service that you offer because it's a vision for everybody. It's not just a, you have to have an artistic business. That's not it at all. You just have an artistic vision that you get to apply to different, um, different businesses in the area.
2: Yeah. The arts are the fun part. Yeah. You know, that's, (laughs) and we don't often work in that field. We have a couple of clients that are nonprofits that are in the art space, um, and we have helped some of the artists as well with their websites. But I think most of our business is from the small business community. Yeah,
0: but it is kind of interesting if you think about it. Um, even though you mentioned the different trades and everything, there is art involved in your design work that you do every day. And sometimes you often hear, you know, how does the arts impact the economy? But everything visually, that is—that's art.
2: It is. In fact, we had a um, builder from New Hampshire found us on the Internet and he was like, I want something cool. I need a website. I need a logo rather Um, because he wanted clothing and he wanted cool clothing for his guys. And so I I really appreciated that, that he was a person who didn't just want to go get something on Fiverr. He actually wanted to spend the time and the money and keep the money local um, and create something that was cool that his team could wear. So it's yeah, you're right it's a, the creative crosses all the, those barriers.
1: Everyone. And it's funny because I think during lockdown, a lot of people began to appreciate the arts because everybody was home and watching movies more and watching TV and reading. And the idea that they would have any of that without the arts would be, you know, it'd be, it would have been a sad lockdown for a lot of people a few years ago. (laughs) Absolutely. Now that
0: folks are getting back out, they can come into Gallery Sitka and and check out a variety of artwork. Tell us about some of the artists that you have here and and how do you Choose who you're going to feature. How, how does that process work?
2: So it's a bit of a mixed bag there, I guess. A lot of it has to do with me. I love abstract art. So that's been a focus, but I've also tried to be a community gallery. Um, so when we were in Fitchburg, we did a comic show every January. So this is one of the guys from the comic show who's here now. His name is David LeBlanc. It's just the rest of the week. But if anybody wants to meet him or likes comic art, it's really interesting stuff. And he's a guy who just loves comics. So it's an abstract version of comics, basically, from his childhood. Um, so David LeBlanc is from the Lowell area, north of here a bit, um, northeast. But usually the folks we work with uh, tend to be New Englanders. I have a few New Yorkers we work with. They tend to be abstract painters. Um, however, we do have a number of local photographers that we work with. They tend to be um, so fine art, but not high fine art. So it's more affordable than it would be if you bought in photography in Boston. So that's something nice for our local community. And a number of the people have been somewhat regional. So they've, they're people I've met over the years, like their work, and then we build a nice relationship. And I feel like from a gallery perspective, that's important, not to have a rotating door of new people coming in every year, but to have um, people who are with us for a long time.
1: That is interesting that it's that you're having artists come back and and looking around at the art right now and this comic inspired art. It's amazing. I love this Wonder Woman piece right here. I do too. Yeah, for people who are um, interested, you got to get on the website and check this stuff out. Like uh, Tamar said, it's only going to be here for the week. But this is not the only location where you're showing artists. Can you talk to our audience and tell them a little bit about the other locations that you are having shows and that you are also supporting art in the other communities?
2: So we do a lot of pop ups. Um, We manage the Bull Run, which is here in Shirley as well, their walls. So if any artists in the community want to have a show, we book that every month. So anyone's welcome to reach out to us, and we'll put them on the schedule. Um, At the moment, I have Kate Schaefer there. She is one of our painters, and she's from New Hampshire. And I think our next upcoming show will be like a March-April show, which will be an Alice in Wonderland show. And that's with my original artist, Colette, who now lives in Maine, but she's from Lemonster originally. Um, and then we do pop-ups in New York when I get the opportunity, we've managed a couple restaurants there. And then we also have a, a space in Newport, Rhode Island right now. And that is currently showing the central women's caucus for art group show that was previously at the new dawn center in Ashburnham. And so we just took a portion of the show and it's in Newport and I'm there Saturdays 11 to three right now for the winter. And then we also have a show by Doug Morton, who's Lunenburg, mass painter that's at the Greenfield Gallery in Greenfield, Mass. As well, so so you of, have
1: so yes, Sitka <laughs> is everywhere. You've spread your wings. I love that. Yeah,
0: and you have really worked with not just artists and not just businesses, but even you have some pretty strong ties to different art communities. Um, in terms of whether it's the Fitchburg Cultural <laughs> Alliance, the Fitchburg Cultural Council, can you talk a little bit about your work with like local cultural groups?
2: So, we worked for the Fitchburg Cultural Alliance for a long time yeah. while the president was um, Jennifer Jones. Mm-hmm. And they've had a switching of the guard. Now they have an executive director. So, Jessie is, uh, she's changed things, how she's doing things. But we definitely support them and whenever we can. And I've been a member of that organization for a while. And then the Gala or Gala Gardner Area League of Artists is another yeah. organization that we keep a membership with them. They have about 250 artists, and the president was Deborah Giordano for a long time. Um, so we stay pretty connected to that organization. And then I'm the chair of the Fitchburg Cultural Council at the moment. It was Joe Bowen for years, and then we had like a changing the guard there, and I ended up as the chair. And we just granted out about uh, 58000 in funds from the Massachusetts Cultural Council. And so that's a great organization. It's basically a volunteer group that's part of City Hall, in effect, put in place by the mayor. We're always looking for new members. And... Um, that that funding that we get in Fitchburg every year is the same for any town. So every town in the state gets Mass Cultural Council funds and can use them towards the arts and the humanities. And so, it's a
0: wide range of styles of projects that you support.
2: Yeah, so it can be music. So a lot of the Cogswell Park in the uh, on the Common in Fitchburg, those um, concerts, a lot of those apply for funds. We the high school. Different schools in the community apply for funds for projects, which could range from theater to science. Um, trying to think what else we funded. Book projects, people who want to produce a book. I think actually the chamber got a grant for the guide.
0: We did uh, for the visitor center, I for believe. The
1: visitor yeah. center, yes. yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah. Also, the Cultural Alliance received a grant. Lots of individual artists receive grants for, for example, Eddie's music. He can give free lessons with some of the funding that we give him. Also, um, Shara Osgood is another local artist who got some funding to run some classes that she'll run at the Alliance downtown. So yeah, it's a great organization. I'm always looking for new people and we all time out. So I'm at the end, middle of my second term. So I'll be timing out soon.
1: And the cultural counselors are a great way for local artists and for folks that are trying to, in some way, um, you have a positive impact on the community through arts. It's great that those, that that entity exists and that there's grants being given. I know that the grant cycle just ended um, and that the na- next grant cycle will start up again. But um, do you see that kind of support, how that bleeds out? Like, have you worked with someone through that and then you're also working with them through your gallery? Is there a lot of crossover when it comes to the different art landscapes and stuff like that that you're working in? Because I know you're you're just involved in so much, Tamar.
2: Well, I know the organization, like the alliance, definitely have been pretty involved with them, um, and I got to see they got a lot of funding. So it's an interesting story. Not that we have time for all the stories, but there was a um, a past chair of the council when. So we do like what's we pull from the community what they want every year. It's in the, and from that we build our priorities list, and so one of the um, past chairs saw that we needed studio spaces for artists that were affordable. So they started this uh, organization or group, a nonprofit basically, to get the funding from the state, from other grants that were in Fitchburg in the area, to start studios. And then this group, loose group, kind of um, was under the Alliance's arm as the fiscal agent. So the Alliance was the one that had to complete the project to get the funding the funds organized to be able to open the space that's downtown, the Alliance that's now in the old um, Fidelity, I think it is, Fidelity Mm -hmm. building, right? So it was interesting to watch that happen. So it like was started from an idea from what the community wanted. This group of, you know, civilians got organized to pull (laughs) together all the paperwork to get the funds. They needed support. The Alliance ended up picking up the torch and then completing it by getting the Fidelity building from Fitchburg state. So it's, interesting to watch that kind of thing happen and of course a lot of the people that are involved i knew they're all artists here um and they're all basically working artists in the community so it's interesting to watch these type
1: things happen and that's an important part of the community for fitchburg as well especially to have that right on main street
0: right now we are going to take a quick break we'll be right back right here on the inside north central massachusetts podcast with the north central massachusetts chamber of commerce over at gallery sitka in phoenix park at two shaker road in shirley (laughs) The business world is more competitive than ever, and running a business has never been more challenging. The North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce is here to help, with trusted resources, a strong business network, and a support system to keep your business and North Central Massachusetts moving forward. We invite you to join the nationally recognized North Central Massachusetts Chamber today. Call 978-353-7600 or visit northcentralmass.com. Welcome back to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast. Travis here, cat Deal as well. We're chatting with Tamar Russell-Brown over at Gallery Sitka at 2 Shaker Road in Phoenix Park in Shirley. Now getting back to the gallery, I was looking at your website and I see that almost every Friday, the first Friday of the month, there is a new artist reception or an artist reception and it changes monthly. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Mm
2: Mm-hmm. So SOA in Boston does this, so we're in effect competing with anybody else who does First Friday, so I don't ever get to go to other people's, which is a bit of a drag, but um, I figured it was a nice way to keep something fresh here, something new, um, to give our artists a little bit of exposure, so certainly we welcome anyone to come. It's the first Friday of the month from 4.30 to 6.30 usually. The next one is till 7.30. Um, and I've been running our represented artists through, so we have Doug Morton coming up the next First Friday. Then we have a woman named Romaine Timms. She's actually not really shown too much locally, but she wants to start getting started. We met her through Creative Connections in Ashburnham. Um, So she'll be the next one. And then after that, I have Jeannie Barofsky. And then after that, let's see if I can remember everyone. I have Kelly Weeks, who's from Fitchburg. And then we have a woman named Sandy Daniel, who's from um, Long Island. Uh, She's got some Worcester connections as well. But anyway, so first Fridays, we're going to do, it's an artist reception, it's called. So it's also like an art opening. So it's the first night that the work would be visible here. And then we'll change it each month. And it's kind of a fun way to network and just get the artist here and involved.
0: And when people do come here and they look at the gallery up on the wall, I notice everything has a QR code. Is that so people can purchase it if they'd like to or or find out more information about the artist or what, what is that?
2: So we don't always do that. Um... A lot of galleries, you go in, they'll have a price list. Yeah. So I think the next show, we're going to have numbers and a price list. So you walk around with the sheet and figure out what's what costs what. Um, but some of these pieces go out into the public. Mm-hmm. And I always put a QR code on them if that's the case so that people could buy them off the wall if they wanted to. That's Obviously great. Obviously, it's all for sale.
0: And I think that's one of the things people wonder is they see it. And they're like, well, can I actually buy it? And you can. When you come in here, if you see a piece of art, you can support that artist directly and, and, and buy from Gallery Sitka.
2: Yeah, you can. And you can also, I mean, art is expensive. It can be. So, and it's not something that we need, like we need food and heat, you know. So we understand that. So if people love something and they want to pay it off, we do payment arrangements too.
1: Well, you make it easy to have everyone share in the art that you are bringing to North Central. So Tamar, one of the things that um, I know about uh, Gallery Sitka is that you are not only a women-owned business, but you are a predominantly women run business as well. And I know that that was important to you and I know that it somewhat happened organically as well as you have spoken for um, the small business round table and for the women's leadership for us. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of women run and women owned businesses, um, especially in the art field?
2: Well, it's interesting actually in the art world, we're still a minority. A lot of galleries are owned by men. And it's harder for women to sort of make it in the art world, which is kind of also was a surprise to me. And it's the Central Mass Women's Caucus for Art group that kind of taught me that, Um, which I hadn't really thought about because most of the galleries I love are run by women. So which is interesting that those are my favorites. Um, So, yeah, it was organic. I started the business. I went to um, Mount Wachusett when I first got here, when I first needed help and said, did anybody have a student who was interested in starting, you know, a local job part-time? Cause that's all I had available at the time. Um, so that's kind of how it started And the first person that was referred to me was a woman. And then the next person that came on was a woman and then the next one, a woman. And then it became obvious that when we had some guy interns from Fitchburg state, no offense, they were great guys. Um, it didn't quite fit. You know, you have a room full of girls. It doesn't make sense to have one guy. It depends, right? I mean, Guys, you laugh, but you know, um, there's a certain vibe. So yeah. now, yeah. you know, it, and it can get, it could get catty, I suppose. And it could get, you know, strange, I guess. Um, but it could be the opposite as well. So it's just sort of happened, but now it works mm-hmm. and it works really well. And it's an opportunity for people also to mentor and help each other. And I think that's also important because I think it is harder for women in business and, you know, I see still you go to certain boards and certain meetings and it is predominantly men and predominantly white men. And I even networking groups, a lot of, you know, and I've networking groups I've joined in the past. If there were no women, I don't want to be in the group because you do get left out. Mm-hmm. So now it's a little more intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking for a new position short recently. And I went through a couple of the guys, and I that were that responded with their resumes, and I did think I don't know if this is going to work because we are pretty tight, and we um, work together, we take trips together, and it it would definitely change us because we're small. If we were a little bigger, it wouldn't matter quite as much, I don't think. So
0: now, earlier in the conversation, you mentioned um, how important your mentor was in, in getting you started. What's it like for you now to kind of be on the other side where you can be that mentor? For designers, for these women who have come through and wanted to learn the craft, and you've been able to kind of get them started and, and see them go off down the road?
2: Um, I This is an interesting. I have an interesting comment on this one, actually. Um, because the first time I had some employees leave, I had two leave at the same time one summer, and I've been small, so I haven't had employees that long. Um, it sort of was heartbreaking. Yeah. Like I almost emotionally couldn't handle it. I'm like, oh, they're leaving. Oh my goodness. What am I? Because I had, was building the business in a way for them not for me. And so then I was like, okay, I have to make a switch. I have to think of the business differently than mine. Just it's a business. That's it. It's not mine. It's a thing, right? So I had to make a switch in how I was thinking of things. But I had one client around the same time who came to a meeting and asked what was going on. And I told her, and I said, so do I invest in someone else again? And she's like, absolutely. You do it again and again and again and again. And you look back and you're happy about it. And her name was Anne-Marie Lynch. It's Lynch Real Estate from Ashburn, Ashby Center, actually. And so I asked her recently. It's funny that she came up for air recently needing some support in some marketing. And we had the same conversation again. And she's like, well, I meant it and I still do. You, like, train somebody, you teach them, you get them on their way, and then you let them go, right? Mm-hmm. Or they fly on mm-hmm. their own, you know, because they need to. So now my, now I'm a little more focused on making the business something where people can stay, like obviously it's financial if someone leaves usually, or they don't like it or they're bored or there's a change in their life. Um, But I'd like to get the business now more financially stable so that we can keep the people who want to stay and they don't need to fly elsewhere.
1: You know, it's interesting because I think that um, a lot of people do see it as a negative sometimes, but like you said, this is a way for you to support and have other people's growth Um, affect the larger community, but it always, you know, the nice thing is that they'll always remember you as you have always remembered someone. And so that sort of longevity does, you know, does build your business as well. And I'm sure that making those connections are really important just in general. And I know that you have partnered with other organizations as well, um, in terms of where you show your art. You mentioned one of the restaurants, you mentioned Bull Run, and I believe that you do this in several restaurants in our area as well. I believe that you were in the 873 as well. Um, and how do you make those partnerships? Like how does someone make the decision and how do they contact you in terms of, I want to have art in my restaurant or in my facility? Because I'm assuming that there's a vision they have of what kind of art they would want or will it go with their aesthetics? That must have a lot of planning.
2: Um, that's a good question as well. So we have probably five businesses that work with us on like an art subscription, so to speak. Um, so it's a paid, it's a paid situation. They, they do give us some funds for that. And we share that with the artist that's involved. And usually it's a referral. So usually the, the owner or the person in charge of the establishment is aware of what we're doing and they usually want to support the arts. That's why they do it. And it might not be just because they want something beautiful. It might literally be because they want something beautiful and they want to support something local. So we had a dental office in the region call us And he was a young person from Boston. He loves the arts. He wanted something beautiful. And he literally Googled galleries, North Central Mass, and he found us. And that's how we got that connection. Um, Some of the others have been referred to us or in the 873 situation. I knew Sean because of the Fay Club, and he knew that this was something that I did because I think I did an art pop-up at the Fay Club at one point, too. Um, It was for the Fitchburg Open Studios, which is another project I was involved in creating. So... Um, so Sean stayed in touch and said, you know, he's got this brand new restaurant and he would love some art and that's difficult because Sean has a big dining room Mm -hmm. and I have to find five large pieces that work together for that dining room. Um, so usually it's more difficult for me if the person involved, the owner wants to be involved in the decision-making because I don't have access to volumes and volumes of art, Mm -hmm. especially that large. Yeah. When it's a smaller location, it's easier for me. Um, but it, it definitely is a bit of a task to figure out what can fit where and look, what looks good somewhere and make the owner happy at the same time.
1: It's well, you do a really good job of it because Thanks. I've been to the eight, seven, three, I've seen uh, two changes of art there and they've always worked beautifully. They've Have you seen great. the most recent one? Uh, we were there in December. December. Oh no, it's different now. It's different again. Okay. So now you gotta yeah. go for the third I guess one. I'm going out for dinner. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so for listeners who either want to partner with you if they're a business and they want to get involved in getting some art. Or if they're an artist or they're interested in art or if they're a business that needs design help, what's the best way for them to contact you, Tamar?
2: Um, we'll take any direction they want. It, they can message us on Facebook. They can call us at 978 425 6290, or they can email me. My email is tamar at SitkaCreations.com.
0: So SitkaCreations.com. We're chatting with Tamar Russell Brown over at Gallery Sitka in Shirley at Two Shaker Road at Phoenix Park. This has been the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to Inside North Central Massachusetts. This podcast is produced by the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce. For more information on this episode, links to other episodes, or if you have any questions, please visit northcentralmass.com.